If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ah, motherhood. One minute, your mom of the year. I love you, mommy. Then the next? <laughs> mm, not so much. From bath time to bullying, from potty training to puberty, parenting is full of challenges. But one thing is for certain, you are not alone. Welcome to Modern Mom Probs. I'm your host, author, mother, parenting expert, Tara Clark. Join me while we tackle today's Modern Mom Problems. Welcome to another episode of Modern Mom Probs. I'm your host, Tara Clark. Today, I am joined by the number one global voice of working moms. You may know her and follow her online. I'm going to read her bio. It is so beyond impressive. And it's one of those things where I was like, it like brought a tear to my eye. So here we go. Ready? Without further ado. Featured in the New York Times and the Washington Post, Christine Michelle Carter is the number one global voice for working moms. She is also the best-selling author of children's book, Can Mommy Go to Work? and adult novel, Mom AF. In 2015, Christine created the first national Mommy and Me professional development networking event called Mompreneur and Me, which was featured in Ad Week and Entrepreneur. She's worked with the Congressional Caucus on Black Women and Girls in the U.S. Department of Labor and the U.S. Chamber of Commerce on maternal and child care related issues. She's also worked on the maternal initiatives of Vice President Harris and received a congressional citation from the U.S. Senate for going above and beyond in ensuring that Black moms and moms of color have access to important health information for their children and families. I am so thrilled to be having Christine Michelle Carter on the show. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me, Tara. I'm really excited to be here. I am. I'm so happy. So today's topic is the current state of working moms. That is our modern mom problem that we are going to tackle today. As I mentioned earlier, you are the number one voice, the global number one voice of working moms. Tell us about your background and how did you get to where you are now? So I started in consumer marketing. I created a retail marketing firm when I was about 21. I was working with small business mom and pop stores. And at the time, they were trying to reach the millennial generation, back then Generation Y. And that became my area of expertise. And over time, I started just digging into knowing millennials, especially millennial women and 
as they entered the life stage of motherhood. Coincidentally, I did too. So I was, my background is in marketing, but what shifted me to advocacy was the fact that once I did become one of those millennial mothers, I had to pump in a bathroom stall because I wasn't aware of the rights that I had as a working mother. So once I realized that was the case, that there were many rights and and we were judged unfairly in the workplace, I shifted my focus from being a consumer marketing expert to somebody who really tried to educate companies about keeping millennial moms as talent, letting millennial moms know what advantages and laws were in their favor in the workplace and helping those women advance in their careers. I love that. And I love that you really like latched on to the point about them being millennial moms, because what to you makes a millennial mom different from maybe a previous generation working mother? So there's a lot of differences. I think the, the, some of the biggest are the fact that we grew up, a lot of us, with single mothers who were the 80s Nikes walking around in the city but changed into heels didn't have as many advantages and as many opportunities for remote and flexible work as us. We saw how hard they worked their you-know-what off. And I say, mm-hmm. you know what, because I don't know if I can cuss. But we saw how hard they worked their you-know-whats off. And we are just not, we're in a position of power and influence where we're not going to go for that anymore. However, we are still held to the same stigmas of the past of what motherhood was, or we still face the same challenges with childcare and having to make trade-offs. And we're still expected to handle the lion's share of the housework and, and all of the responsibilities that come with that. But we are very passionate about our careers and we're very career driven. And it's just, it's unfortunate millennial moms. We are, viewed as the mothers of yesteryear, but we are definitely the CEOs and the female mom leaders of tomorrow. Oh, I love that. I love that. What do you think that it would take for us to fully embrace the CEOs of tomorrow and sort of push back that yesteryear idea? Well, first of all, can we get a federal paid leave policy? Okay. Can we also get employers who recognize that you can have a life outside of work and improving the life of an employee doesn't mean that you are giving them extra downtime. It actually is giving them more time and less to worry about and making them more productive. So if you are sharing childcare resources, if you are sharing mental health resources, you're contributing to the to the future CEO mom of tomorrow. Can we get our partners to advocate for us at work by taking their leave versus we being the only ones who take our leave? And then honestly, there's a lot that we have to do internally. Can we overcome the fear that we have of being judged in the workplace? Can we overcome imposter syndrome? Can we set boundaries? Can we delegate? So there's there's a lot to make that that future CEO mom. Yeah, no, absolutely. And like, you know, during the pandemic, I don't have to tell you, it became apparent how much burden working women 
have with between caring for their children, caring for their aging parents. And even now as the economy is rebounding, employees are posting like record high job openings. Many women still have not returned to the workforce. Why do you think that is? I think that it is because they have to make the financial trade-off of staying out of the workforce because while the employer side is improving, we still have just record attrition coming out of the childcare industry. No one wants to work in the childcare industry anymore. We have just extravagant childcare rates. My hat goes off to anyone who has a child under five and, and it has multiple And you have those children in childcare because I get it. I would be on the pole because there's no way (laughs) I could afford childcare. There's no way. I completely understand why women aren't in the workforce. And until we solve the childcare issue, we probably will continue to not be in the workforce. The other challenge is that, you know, just anecdotally speaking, I didn't put my kids into childcare until they were about two years old because I had my aunt. But my aunt was still of the old school, silent generation, baby boomer mentality. As the generations continue and because our moms put up with so much BS in the workplace, they don't want to stay home and raise kids. They want to travel and live their lives. So it's not like you get the big mamas and the grandmas and the community and the village anymore. You only have child care. So my, I'm, I'm telling you, my heart goes out to women who have kids in, in childcare age and can't go back to the workforce. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I'll, I'll tell you a quick story for myself is that when my son was born, two things happened. One, I thought I was absolutely going to go back to my other job because I loved it and I lived in New York City and there's something about like everyone was working, right? You have a baby, you go right back to work. That was sort of just like the culture of living in New York City at the time. And so I said to my employer, listen, I would really love to come back because I love this job. I've been here for five years. Can I go part-time? And they were like, no, it's all or nothing. And I was like, all right, then it's nothing. And a big part of that was because I could not afford childcare. And so I had to stay home to take care of my son. And, and I wanted to, and, and I was happy, and I'm glad that we did. And then from there, you know, I started Modern Mom Probs and all that kind of stuff. But that was a conscious choice that I had to make because if I was making X amount of money living in New York City and I had to put him in daycare, all of that money, guess what? After taxes, go straight to that daycare. That's right. And, and that was it. And so that was a very conscious choice that my husband and I made, and that was the case, and that's the situation. And again, like you said about the parents babysitting or not necessarily babysitting. My mom, a single mother in the restaurant business, worked 120 hours a week, every week for like 20 years. And she still works. She chooses to work. She's 67 years old. She works in a bakery now. And so the thing is, it's like, you're right. No, they're not coming over babysitting. They're doing their own life because she actually, she enjoys work. She loves to work. She likes to do the bakery and help the customers and all of that kind of stuff. And I get that. I respect that. She actually sometimes teases on my uncle who does babysit my cousin's kids. And she's like, oh, what are you doing that for? Because you could be doing right. your own thing, you know? And so you're right. It is something interesting about that baby boomer generation where they're like, no, I'm going to focus on my own self now. Yeah, I totally have to write an article about that. That's going on the list. My mother's 67 too. I think I'm going to have to Zoom her because I haven't seen her in a month. But it's the same thing. She loves to work. Like that generation, they're Mm -hmm. not sitting around watching kids. 
<laughs> no, she is not. She is doing her own thing. I mean, I haven't right. talked to my mom almost all week. She usually calls me almost every day when she has time. And, and I haven't talked to her all week. So I know she's busy at the bakery. And that's just what she's doing. Right. And, and I think she just had that work mentality. Because like I said, she worked so hard for so long. She almost like can't turn that off. You know, it's just a part of who she is. So let me ask you this. With, with the whole situation that happened with working mothers and the pandemic, do you think that this sets working mothers back for a long time, for time to come? Like, are we now a couple decades behind where we should be? Yes, it's 30. It's been statistically proven that the September 2020 mass exit of women out of the workforce pushed us back to like early 1980s. I don't want to quote the year, but it was definitely before 1985. So we have to make up all of that traction. The, that's that's basic, and we've and we've done a little bit of that in the past two years. But as you said, there are many many women who are still out of the workforce. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What do you think we could do on a micro level in our homes? Right, obviously on a macro level, we have you know there's the government, there's employers, there there's other sort of safety nets that that are built into the system. But what can we do on a macro level? Macro or micro? Oh, oh I'm sorry, micro. I misspoke. What can we yeah, do on no, a micro level? No problem. Oh, and P.S. The last time that family benefits were changed in the workforce was around the 1980s. That's when Bright Horizons created childcare. So just. Just a very coincidental tidbit. What we can do at the micro level, you have to be comfortable with speaking up for yourself. I find that with all of the women who have asked me to redo their LinkedIn profiles as they look for roles, how was I able to to really market my LinkedIn profile? Like, How do I command an executive presence at work? It's because I recognize that my name isn't on the side of the building. So I'm not going to take that stress home with me. And as my father said, and this is, you know, put this into perspective because money troubles do. I understand how that can upset people. But my father used to say they don't they print money every day. So it's it's that is something that will continue to flow through our economy. They don't make me's every day. So my health and my well-being is something that is finite. Money is not. (laughs) It will continue to be printed at the mint. At the Treasury. So I encourage women to compartmentalize if they can and recognize that their life will not perfectly balance and flow together. There are going to be time, and that's fine. There are going to be times when you have to set the boundary and compartmentalize that this is the weekend or this is vacation and work cannot come into this. This is my time with the kids. And then there are times where you have to set boundaries with the kids and say, put the groceries away, go clean up your room. I'm not doing it. Go grab a snack until I can cook dinner. You have to be your own advocate first at the micro level and set those boundaries before anybody can take you seriously or respect you. I mean, honestly, isn't that what it is at the end of the day? Is that we're not being respected. We haven't been for years as working mothers. We often feel unheard at home. We do so much. I think it's time that we start commanding respect. I have this this model, like I'm always a white man at work because there's no other greater privilege at work than to be a white man. So that's how I carry myself. And I've started doing that at home. Like you pick up the dishes, you do this, you do that with my kids. 
I love that. I, I'm actually going to take that and start using that myself because that you is a too. I'm going we to pair our equal pay days to a white man. So in my opinion, that's the North Star. That's what yes. you want to go for. So act like that. I love it. <laughs> I love it. That I, I'm going to take that one, Christine. I, take that one. I love, 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 love that one. This podcast is brought to you by Citizens of Sound, a podcast production agency committed to developing and launching shows with gravity and depth. From conception to launch, Citizens will partner with you every step of the way, whether you're an actor, business owner, doctor, fitness coach, influencer, or simply a hobbyist. Citizens offers everything from conception to branding, editing to mixing, and publishing to management. Jump on board with Citizens of Sound and start your own podcast today. Go to citizensofsound.com and follow them on Instagram. So working mothers are burned out. I don't have to tell you that. You know that. I know that. We, we see it all the time. We hear from them. We talk to them from our platforms and our communities. Can you provide any tips to help working mothers flourish again? Yes, I can. I encourage you to think about three things tonight that your kids can do. And don't say they're too small to do that because you can give chores to kids as small as two years old. So think about three things that the kids can do tonight. Don't do them. If you see something, a toy on the floor, don't pick it up, walk past it. Then go in your room and lock the door. Before you do so, tell them you're going to bed. And I don't care if it's seven o'clock, you know, if your kids are older than two years old and there's someone else in the house, especially go to bed, lock the door, read, take a bath, do whatever you want, recharge. That is the one thing that we do immediately. And there are so many ways that we talk ourselves out of being able to do that. Oh, what if this happens? What if the stove falls on the kid? When does a stove ever really <laughs> fell on the kid? Right? We talk ourselves out of so much and make ourselves responsible for so much. And the truth is, and the reality is, the house will be fine for those four or five hours that you went to sleep. Yeah. I love, love, love that. I'm going to do it tonight. I'm going to think of three yes. things. My newest thing lately I've done with my son is I tell him when we get out of the car and as we're walking into the house, you always have to grab something. Well, grab one thing. I don't care if it's your water bottle, it's your jacket, it's your backpack, anything in that it is, just grab one thing and walk into the house because you know why? They if leave not, all kinds they of stuff leave it in the car. all in the car. They're taking my out their son shoes. Has a calculator in the car. What are you calculating in the back seat? Like, why is this in my car? <laughs> exactly. I'm not even joking. <laughs> really? <laughs> good. Good on him. I'm. I'm impressed. He's doing math back there. I'm. I'm very impressed. But I mean, that's the thing. It's like it's those very small, deliberate practices of saying, "Take something," so that mommy's arms aren't full of your stuff every single time you get out of the car, walk into the house. Because I'm carrying everything. I got the lunch boxes and the backpack and the jacket and everything. And it's like, right. and if you don't call it out, they don't see it, right? They I don't think anything of it. I damn thing in. I won't do it. And they'll, they'll say, where's my such and such? Where'd you have it last? Was it in the car? Go get it. I'm not carrying it in. I'm carrying in my coat and purse and that's it. Yep. 
Yeah, it's the I I agree 100%. And I'm trying to be better about that. And I need to be better about that. Because that's where responsibility is built for them. It is. It is. And Tara, let me tell you something. I did a piece for Motherly. And it was about how our empathy turns into enablement at home and at work. So I interviewed mothers of kids of all ages. When I tell you there was a woman whose story struck me because she was still driving to the son's college to get his meals, to cook him meals and to do the laundry. because no. She had never taught him to do it. I oh, was no. like, oh, no, nope. I've, I've got to keep delegating to these kids. I won't be doing that. And she said, I live with such guilt. There was another who was saying that she was about to be evicted, but was paying her son's rent, you know? And, and, and it's, it's common. It is common. And we do it because motherhood is a traumatic life event. The first year of motherhood matrescence changes your brain neurologically, and we feel the need to nurture and we feel the need to be needed. And it's so dangerous. It's so dangerous because it snowballs. Yep. Yep. You're 100% right. I mean, I think that we could do a a podcast episode just on that topic alone. Totally. We're going to have to totally. come have you come back for that one because <laughs> I, no, seriously, it it's so true because like I see it happening, you know, with my son. I see it happening with my mother-in-law and her children, right? Mm-hmm. And so you see how that develops and and with for me as I mentioned earlier, I lived with my mom. I was an only child. She was a single mother. I took care of myself. I was responsible for everything. And guess what? I'm still responsible for everything because I learned that from a very young age. And so although my son does have me and I work from home and so I'm able to help him out when I need to, I need to pull back on that. And I need to make him more responsible because in the long run, it will benefit him tenfold. And his family. Mm -hmm. Think about all the women out there whose husbands aren't doing things. I've heard those stories, too, where women had to sacrifice their career because their husband can't even cook a hot dog, you know? And that's sad, too. It's so sad. 22 seconds in the microwave. Leave it. That's it. Exactly. Right. (laughs) That's my, my mother always used to joke about my grandfather. She was like, Grandpa can't even boil water. Now, luckily, I was very blessed. I had both of my grandparents until they were 93 years old, so they had each other until they were 93. But... God, yeah, God bless him. But yeah, that's true. Grandpa could not boil water. He could do a lot of things, probably build a house, but he couldn't boil water. He but wasn't expected to. No, exactly. Exactly. So let, let's switch topics really fast. We're going to do the rapid fire round of fun get to know you questions. Are okay. you ready for this? Okay. Yes. Okay. Here we go. What is your favorite comfort food? Oh my God. A double quarter pounder with cheese from mm. McDonald's since I was six years old. Mm, so good. So good. So dangerous. I'm keto. So <clears throat> dangerous. But yes, that is mine for the past 30 years. Mm, that's a good one. You know, I always say that this is like so wildly inappropriate, but I'm going to mention it. I always say like if I was on death row, like what's my death row meal? It's a burger and fries and a milkshake. That's my death row meal. So I could ask you the same question unless that's the same thing. My death row meal, no kidding, because I heard that uh, this is probably not even true, probably urban legend kind of thing, but I heard that they have to give it to you or something. So mm-hmm. I would pick something like an, an animal that only produced an egg every 20 years so yeah. that I could extend. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's so smart. I never thought about that. I just like burgers and fries. So yeah, I didn't even think about that one, but that's yes, good. I'd be like an Australian quail egg. <laughs> yeah. Or something like that. 
I love it. Okay. What is your favorite 90s movie? Oh, my God. All I do is watch. That is hard. Oh, my gosh. God, it could be so many. I mean, anything Tim Burton. Mm -hmm. Clueless. Anything Home Alone. I I mean, like, there are just so many. Nightmare Before Christmas. But that's Tim Burton. So, yeah. Uh, let's let's go with him because honestly, all, Batman Returns Two is one of my favorite suits. So anything Tim Burton, anything I love, Tim Burton. I love Tim Burton. You know, people people rag on the Batman movies, but I thought they were good. So oh, I, I thought he did a great job. I, I thought, thought he so did too. a great job with them. Yeah, yeah, I love. I'm a huge Tim Burton fan. So that was actually a really good choice. Okay, what is your favorite self grooming thing? My eyebrows. People mm-hmm. always think that I get them done, but I do them myself. And it is because I'm like borderline trichotillomania, where I'm just like in the mirror, making sure they are 100% perfect. It is that. It's grooming my eyebrows. And you know what? They are perfect. I know this is audio right now, but I can see her and her eyebrows are meticulous. Meticulous. (laughs) Thank you. So well done, my friend. Thank you. I love it. Okay. What is your favorite cartoon character? Oh, dear. Anything, no, it would be probably Stan Smith from American Dad. I really like, I really love American Dad. I love that show. That's a good one. Everyone's sleeping on that one, but that, I'm impressed that you said that as your answer. Good good job. Very cool. Okay. Last question. What is your favorite song lyric and why? Definitely anything by Stevie Wonder. I think he is an incredibly brilliant writer. I am fond of the lyrics to Overjoyed and Isn't She Lovely. I'm fond of the lyrics to Overjoyed because they remind me of the love I have for my son and Isn't She Lovely because of my daughter. Oh, it's beautiful. Love, love, love that. That is beautiful. Stevie Wonder used to live up the street from us. And so we actually pass. This is like years ago. Like we passed his house. And so one time I said to my son, oh, there was a Stevie song on the radio as we were driving by the house. And I said, oh, you know, the singer of the song used to live there. And my son goes, oh, and it was, I just called to say I love you. And so my son was like, you know, that could have just been a text message. And I was oh like, I was like, you, you were savage. It. You are right. you ruined it. You and your generation have ruined it. I yeah. know. He's like, that could have just been a text. You don't have to call anybody to say that yeah. you love them. I was like, the anxiety they get from mm-hmm. face-to-face conversations, I find hilarious and disturbing at the same time. I'm like, right? call your grandmother. Call, call, call no. her. Why do yeah. I want to call right. her? <laughs> well, for my son, like grandma will call and he'll be playing his Roblox or something like that. And so then I have to like hold the phone to his yeah. ear while yeah. he's playing the video game. And then she's asking him like, how's school and right. what's you know, going on in life and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. Oh, yes, I just killed that right. thing. Oh, yeah, I just got that money. Oh, yeah, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. However, it's going on with the Roblox thing. So that's yep. what the conversations are like between my son and his grandmother. Same, same. <laughs> and that is another modern mom problem. <laughs> right, exactly, right. Our love-hate relationship with those iPads and phones. <sighs> exactly, because like one thing, does it allow me to get my work done? Yes, exactly. it absolutely does. But on the same thing, and then it's hard to get them off at the end. Like once you're done with your work, okay, you're like, okay, now I'm ready for family time. They're not ready for family time right. because they're still in the world of Minecraft. Right, but you know what that thing did? Teach my kids boundary, oh, excuse me, taught my kids 
No boundaries. That's that's a good way to put it. So when they were interrupting me, I would say, don't you know, or I would say that I needed my alone time, mm-hmm. alone time. That's probably the better way to say it. I would say to them, you know how sometimes you like to be laser focused on that device and you don't want anybody to bother you. That's mm-hmm. your alone time. So give me my alone time. Oh, I'm going to take that little nugget of information too. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. I never thought of it like that, but you're right. You kind of turn the tables and then that's right. Then they understand because they could really, they could empathize with that, right? They really put themselves in their shoes because they are right. laser focused on their video game. Oh, I yeah. like that one, Christine. Christine Michelle Carter, you are incredible. <laughs> tell everyone where they can find you and tell us what's next for you. Sure. So everybody can find me at christinemichellecarter.com. See Michelle Carter on Twitter and on Instagram. What's next for me? Continuing to raise kids. I mean, continuing to support women. You can check out all the free resources on my website. I have a blog that is full of content for work and for home, all written by working moms. So it's advice that's been used. I encourage everybody to find it and, and check us out. Excellent. You do have phenomenal resources. I mean, you write about everything from obviously working mothers to being a mom to capsule wardrobes for for work clothes. I like went right down the rabbit hole of your (laughs) article of that on your website because I was like, I get that. I appreciate that. So you have so many wonderful resources. Everyone go check her out. Thank you so much for being here. I am such a huge fan. I'm fangirling you. Thank you for being here today. Fangirling you back. Thank Ah. you for having me. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Modern Mom Probs. I hope you enjoyed our deep dive in today's problem with me, your host, Tara Clark. Join me next time when I'll be interviewing another great guest and tackling another Modern Mom problem. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review and a rating. As always, you could head over to Modern Mom Probs on Instagram and give me a follow or check out my book, Modern Mom Probs, A Survival Guide for 21st Century Mothers, available online wherever books are sold. Well, that's it for today. See you next time, folks.